God is like the sun. You cannot always look at it, but without it, you cannot look at anything else. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, here we are back again, uh, back at it uh, for Staring into the Sun. Uh, we're excited to be back into this new year and talking with all of you, uh, two brothers navigating the complexities of mind and heart and talking about the explosion that happens when those things collide. Uh, that's really the, the passion of um, my heart and my brothers as we join with you, our audience, on Staring into the Sun. It's been great new year so far. Uh, right, Robbo? We That's had- right. Super. Rob was telling me how productive he feels in 2022, um, and I'm hoping that I can ride his coattails. In the new year. <laughs> <laughs> but we we uh, we're excited to be back. Actually, we just uh, launched our, our, our New Year's episode on targets and goals and things we're reading and what we're up to, just kind of to get our our juices flowing uh, for the podcast. And we're just excited to be back at it and and most of all excited to be engaging with you. Uh, it's really our heart's desire to connect with what matters to you, what's relevant to your life and talk about things that, that matter to you. So we want to be uh, engaging with you. And I'm really excited. Actually, Rob has been sharing with me how he's had some feedback uh, from some of our listeners. Um, and if you're one of those folks, we are stoked about that. Um, you might ask the question, how in the world do I talk to John? and Rob uh, from the Bible says, or not, I, I said my wrong podcast. I have another podcast called the Bible says what you should listen to it too. Shameless um, plug. <laughs> uh, the staring into the sun. You can check us out on social media. We're also working on ways to help your engagement be easier. Um, but we really would love to hear from you because it helps us know what to talk about because we want mm. it to be of value uh, to you. So check us out on social media. You can find us there for now. Um, and so what we're going to do here, I'm really excited as we head out into the future. Oh, and by the way, we want you to be a regular listener. So click su- subscribe right, right now. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can share it to people, um, be a part, help us to expand our audience of folks that we can help. Um, but for the next few weeks, we're going to do a little mini series, uh, topics from questions that listeners have given us. So Rob, why don't you first introduce yourself, by the yeah. way, I'm John, the taller, bigger, bearded well, you have a beard too. My beard is better, brother of the duo. Um, but here's my brother. He's going to introduce yeah. himself and then yeah. tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about the next three episodes. Yeah, I'm Rob Gibson, a psychologist in Denver, Colorado. And um, <clears throat> yeah, as as we generally focus what we talk about on issues, uh, like we said at the beginning, where where psychology and spirituality, uh, understanding the head and the heart uh, coming together, we're, we're generally uh, mapping that trajectory. Um, but it's also, uh, we're very much interested in how that's practically relevant to you. And so, yeah, I've had, uh, you know, through, through a variety of different directions uh, that I've heard from uh, people who listen to the podcast or just read content um, from what has come out of our podcast. And so that might be from Staring into the Sun's Facebook uh, page, or it might be my own, uh, Dr. Robert Gibson, either on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, whatever, you know, whatever those are. But that's where I've gotten some of these questions. And so kind of three ones that have stood out from our our last uh, kind of uh, our set of podcasts uh, between when we started in the new year were on uh, very specific issues. So the first one was in regard to uh, uh, one of our podcasts on villains and empathy, I think, something in that category. And uh, one of the questions was, gulags you know, hey, invaders. was it that, gulags? that's right. Yeah, maybe gulags, gulags and invaders, invaders and gulags or something like that. Yeah. That was a good episode. 
And and we were talking about the experience of evil and and how to recognize your own capacity for evil. And one of the questions was, you know, well, well, let's shift another direction. What what happens if evil's been done to you? How how do you move on from that in a way that doesn't send you down the road into being a villain? Um, how do you deal with your own experience of evil um, in a in a like a redemptive way? So we we're going to talk about that today, specifically the topic of forgiveness, and then the next couple that we're going to roll out. Uh, uh, the second one is in the area of uh, w- what are some reasons to go see somebody for therapy or for spiritual direction in a church? Like, we, like make the case for therapy. Why? My brain is leaking out of my ear. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that, a reason. That might be. A re- I feel like we're doing a comedy. Yeah. So that you might be a redneck. No, you you might need a therapist if. <laughs> uh, well, don't There's have me do the great comedy. Memes out there. <laughs> all, all I got is dad jokes, man. That's oh, all geez. I got. That's so, so, <laughs> so uh, but, uh, but, you know, why should I spend money or time doing something like therapy or spiritual direction? So that, that'll come after this one. And then the final one, uh, the question was around uh, a post that I had made on, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter, um, from a, a listener and a reader that you know said, "Hey, you know, I I see this issue about how we can we can kind of get entrenched in our opinions and uh, through psychological processes, uh, like increasingly be more tribal against each other." And her question was, "Well, what do we do about it?" Um, you know, what, what's the path forward to deal with that? You know, you're diagnosing the problem that you might see happening in churches or in politics or in uh, popular culture, us getting increasingly against each other and the fears of what that does to us. Well, what do we do um, about it? Um, what's a path forward? So we're, we're going to spend an episode answering that question as well. Uh, how do you find your way out of, out of tribalism? So uh, th- that's our targets for the next several weeks, hoping to provide uh, some very specific response to uh, those of you who've been listening. So, yeah, I'm super stoked, man. So we're beginning this conversation about forgiveness and Rob, I feel like I have something I need to talk to you about. <laughs> oh, it just got real. Like it is, we, you should have seen his face. We just we, sucked it in. <laughs> we've, I know for those of that you can't see, we've had those before, you know, I call up John and I'm like, Hey man, I got something we need to talk about. And it's like, <laughs> The mood changes, uh, you know, tell you why you're wrong and I'm right and how you can ask for my forgiveness. That's how forgiveness works, right? I tell you how you're wrong and then you, you get to say, no, I get to tell you, I forgive you. That's right. <laughs> forgiveness is complicated though, you know, and I think we have a lot of different ideas about it. Um, I think for me, one thing as a pastor uh, that I often, because for, for me, forgiveness is kind of intricately connected to my idea of God and uh, how God expresses himself to us through uh, Jesus. And but, but also in my life, I've experienced a misconception of forgiveness that somehow um, forgiveness is like retributive, you know, where I get in order to forgive someone, I got to have this interaction with someone and and tell them, uh, tell them that I forgive them, almost in a way of saying, "You were wrong, I was right," and as long as you accept that, you know. And that's the other thing, kind of, is a question of mine too. I don't know if a question, but oftentimes I feel like for, forgiveness only works when the other person receives it. What do you do when you when you forgive someone? And they don't receive it. Or what if you? What do you do if you need to forgive someone and you can't? You can't even 
have an opportunity to have that happen, you know, where they've cut a relationship off to the point. And there's, these are a lot of questions. It's kind of my like opening initial forgiveness is complex and confusing, but also I believe vitally important to our mental health, to our relational health. And ultimately I believe to our spiritual health. Um, I don't know. Let's, how do you want to talk? How do you want to start engaging? Maybe, maybe we should start with a question that you had from the person that would kind of make sense. Well, well, yeah, I think their specific question was, you know, how, if, if somebody has done something, you know, terrible to me, how how do I forgive them? Hmm. Um, You know, how do I set about forgiving them? And I think my experience in, you know, popular culture, I think I'll think in two directions. I think really predominant in our culture uh, is this weird relationship with forgiveness publicly where um, if, if you're, if you're on my team, I'll forgive anything. But if you're not on my team, uh, there is no, no, no forgiveness for you, right? Like Seinfeld, no sue for you, right? <laughs> uh, there is no forgiveness for you ever, you know, we can take, you know, uh, you know, something you posted on Facebook when you're 14 and then use that as a reason to, you know, fire you from a job when you're 35 and, and you are forever damned because of that. And I think, uh, so that's something I see, but there's also this weird, uh, I don't know if, why I call it weird, but this experience in, I think, Christian circles where there's this imperative that to be a good Christian, you forgive and that means uh, essentially forgiving means wiping the slate clean in all circumstances everywhere and being as close to that person as you were before because that's what God would expect you to do and anything less is sinful. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I think all of those are just rife with problems um, yeah. and and not not actually a path to whatever we might be after reconciliation or release or transformation. So I, I think I think that's a major problem currently with how we talk about forgiveness is we, we don't even we, we don't define the terms, but we we live them out in a certain way and then either feel guilty or lorded over people. So maybe we just start with a try to define the terms. Here. I was just about what to is, say, like, wh- what is forgiveness even? I mean, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, there's so many different things. I, I wasn't being rude, Robbie. I was looking up on uh, Wikipedia. Oh, you were actually. on your phone, huh? The definition, okay. yeah. I was looking uh, a definition of forgiveness because as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, dear God, I don't know what even in that realm. I don't know what forgiveness is, and I don't think people do. But I think you're right. We live out our understandings, however ill-formed they are. We live them out and base our mm-hmm. expectations of relationship and uh, our feelings, personal wholeness, our feelings, mm-hmm. all are based on how we live forgiveness out, whether we know what it means or not, which can be really confusing. But it says on Wikipedia, forgiveness is in a psychological sense is the intentional and voluntary process by which one who may initially feel victimized undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding a given offense and overcomes negative emotions such such as resentment and vengeance. So I had to go to Wikipedia because the dictionary, What's Oxford dictionary, dictionary say? says the action or process of forgiving or being oh. forgiven. <laughs> like, well, that's not helpful. Thanks for that, uh, Mr. Dictionary. Um, but th- I thought that was interesting. Undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding a given offense and overcomes 
negative emotions attached to it, such as resentment and vengeance. So it talks Mm. about this, a change of feeling and attitude. And it's interesting too, to me that oftentimes the, the offense or the victimization that happened is, is something that happened to us, but it's also someone they're kind of like intricately yes. connected. Right. Like the thing somebody did to me is is connected to the person that did it to me. Does that well, make sense too? Well, yes, and there would be a reason for that. I mean, if if your well, sure. feelings if your feelings are there to help you try to predict some like whether it's safe to be around someone, your your wise your feelings are wise to connect somebody's behavior to their personhood because you know if they're hurting you. Um, it, it's wise to be away from them, right? And so um, that makes sense. But I, I struggle with that definition. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about that. Wikipedia is like a crowdsourced right, definitional right. product. And I, I think I, I think it's missing some of the aspect of behavior and action um, that I think might be a part of forgiveness as well. But I think it gives us a starting point yeah. because I think it taps into, you know, the direction we can go if we're not forgiving someone leads to resentment and bitterness and vengeance, and that gets acted out in revenge. I mean, you, you, you know, we, we see this most clearly and, and quickly in children, you know, like, uh, you know, he hit me, so I'm going to hit him back, you know, and that's a mutual escalation of violence. Um, and, and that's how vengeance works is everybody loses. And for forgiveness in that case is something like, I'm going to actively choose to stop the retaliation First of all, I think that's that's an initial process of forgiveness is I'm going to stop the retaliation and choose a different way at, at, at the very least. I don't I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, I agree. I think those are outcomes of forgiveness, choosing a new way. Um, and and yeah. I, I the part I did like about that was a change in feeling and attitude, maybe not regarding the offense or the I think regarding the offense. I, I agree with that, I think, because. It, for, true forgiveness means that I'm changing the way I feel and think about the thing that happened to me um, in that I'm no longer going to hold on to what was what I was feeling before necessarily. You know, I, I think about a current situation I'm in right now relationally, and it, it's like the feelings I have are hard and uh, feelings like betrayal and anger and frustration and all the, all those things. And that's the unfortunate part of, of someone afflicting pain upon you in some way, um, is that it, it makes the other person or makes the, the victim live out those emotions within themselves. Like, so because of this deal, relational deal, I now am like consistently feeling anger, frustration, betrayal, all those things, which have a, a, a like a present effect on how I am Your alive, person. right? Like yeah. it, it has, has an effect on my mood, has effect on my other relationships. It has effect on my work. I mean, those emotions given to me because something happened to me or some, what someone did, I'm carrying them now, you know? So they're a part of me and, and they're working, they're working their, it's like formation. They're formational, right? They're changing my attitudes and things like that. And forgiveness in a very real sense, I think is meant to, to remove some of those impacts from being formational. Does that make sense? Like instead of holding on to anger, forgiveness in is in a very real way says, okay, I'm going to release my anger 
from this situation by forgiving you. I'm going to change. So I don't live, I don't live in the reality of that anger anymore because that's the unfortunate part of victimization, right? It's the initial event that happens that hurts us, but then we go on living some people for the rest of their lives in the wake of that event consumed like, by all the outcomes of that yeah, thing. It, they, they'll they'll interpret all a lot of new information in light of that information, mm. um, which which in a sense like shades their view of their new experiences or or places other people who may not be doing the exact same thing in the same category. Right? It, it can it it goes out into the future um, based on what you're saying. I think I I struggle with one part of what you said. I I was resonating with a lot of it, but the one part that I think that people might struggle with, and I I don't think you're saying this, but I want to clarify it for listeners, is that this change in feeling, um, sometimes the interpretation of that is, if I haven't changed in feeling, therefore I haven't forgiven them, therefore I'm still in the wrong. Mm -hmm. And and it, it sets up, we set up for ourselves a situation where it's like either the light switch is on or off, either I've forgiven them or I haven't. And all you have to do is watch children to know that this isn't the case. You know, you can, you, you can see a kid say, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. You know, and it's like, okay, you know, c- clearly the light switch for reconciliation is not on, you know, uh, <laughs> it's not both on and off. It's, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's a, a movement or a process or a transformational experience, forgiveness, um, or, you know, somebody says, okay, I forgive you. Fine. I forgive you. Um, it's like, well, you say the words, but your internal experience is being reflected in your actions that you're definitely still resentful and bitter and angry. Now, I would make a point about that. I don't think you can get to a place of release, of um, generosity, of loving kindness or something without going through what you feel. In in maybe a biblical metaphorical sense, you, you can't get to the promised land without going through the desert. Um, and, and the desert is transformational. And so I think one of the big hangups for people as they struggle with forgiveness is, uh, I can't forgive because they haven't apologized or I, you know, I, you know, I'm a bad person if I still feel angry, therefore I'm not forgiving. It's like, well, no, you have a lot of feelings that you have to work through because they matter for your experience with that person. You can't just, you know, uh, you can't just ignore the fact that they did something hurtful to you and act like that doesn't exist. Um, you can try, but your body won't let you. We, you know, we, we've we, we've we've had too much human history where having your body cue you to what's going on in relationships has been vital for survival. So that's not going to stop. So your body is going to tell you, "Hey, I feel angry. I feel hurt. I feel betrayed," and. You, you can't just jump to I forgive you by just saying the words. Saying the words are important, but there's there's a transformational process, I think, in between those two that has to happen. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. I like that about the light switch, you know, because it, it's not just some magic phrase that you say and all of a sudden you don't feel that way. But but I think it's you hit on something that is important to engage with when you start the forgiveness journey, maybe that's how we should describe it, right? It's not a, a it's not a moment; it's a journey. When you start that forgiveness journey, and the hope of that journey is not living with the the 
feelings and formational emotions that exist because of the negative event. For me, that's everything about forgiveness is some journey that leads us to a place where not, I no longer have to be formed and defined by the anger, for example, I feel towards something that happened to me, that mm -hmm. somehow I can be released from that's, that emotions formational impact on my life and uh -huh. how I live in my other relationships. For me, that's the hope of forgiveness in yes. like, at its simplest form of, of releasing you not. Yes. And I was just it, about it to is, say that. Uh -huh. I think, I think it's important for us to recognize that this, that forgiveness at its base form. And I think this is why we struggle with it because we are transactional people. If you think about it, everything we do, really in our world is based on transaction. What I, I give someone I get in return or in order, in order, you know, our relationships are transactional. I feel fulfilled when someone is investing in me and I, in them, it's this. How this, about this? Yeah. I forgive you. Therefore you'll never hurt me again. That's the yeah, trade. That's a transaction, right? I've given something and not, but I think at the, at the core level of forgiveness, true forgiveness is, is not transactional. And that's why as humans, we have a hard time with it because I believe true transforma true transformational forgiveness begins when we recognize that it's as much, if not all for us as individuals in the healing process as it is for the person we're necessarily forgiving. Hmm. So, and I think we start a lot of times we start, I know I do this. We start at the wrong place. We start with saying, okay, to forgive someone, I got to actually go to that person and tell them, look them in the eye and say, I forgive you. Because what I'm really saying and thinking is, as I tell you, I forgive you, I need to see you say and admit that what you that did you to me wrong. was wrong, that that's the way you, that's the way forgiveness works. That and might never be coming. I can get what, what, and again, that's mm -hmm. transactional because you yeah. hurt me. So in order for the, this to be made yeah. right, to get for me to get retribution for it, which is a transactional engagement, I have to go to you and see you admit that you're wrong, which will validate my forgiveness of you. Uh -huh. And I think I think that's and a distortion of what that, real forgiveness is. Yes, and th there's something in there that that might be needed for reconciliation in the relationship, mm. but their which relationship, is, which yes, is a separate thing. Different. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but there may be situations where it's not safe to go to that person because mm -hmm. they might hurt you again. Uh, there might be situations where it's never coming. Like you're, you're never going to get that from the person. They might not be accessible. They, they might be passed away. Right. Who, who, who knows what it is? Yep. Mm. Yep. So, so in the, in our transactional world, and if we don't, if, you know, as listeners out there, you're with us, you're human like us, and you you just don't know where to start with forgiveness, it seems kind of overwhelming. And it makes a lot of sense why so many of us live just in the wake of broken relationships. And it makes a lot of sense why many of us have a real hard time with future relationships or future mm -hmm. situations, yeah. because we, yeah. we never can find freedom. It's like this compounding Mm -hmm. brokenness that just yep. stacks upon stacks upon stacks of brokenness and how yep. do we move forward? You know? So a, a determined decision uh, to reckon with my, what's happening inside of me, that's the place to start. Um, it, it, it's, it's a movement away. As long as you're safe, 
you know, initially when you're hurt by somebody, initial focus is on like practical safety. You know, am I out of their vicinity? You know, am, am I away from whatever it is, their words, their fists, what, whatever it is that has hurt you? Um, that's priority. That's why you're having this bodily reaction of anger and disgust and betrayal is to get you away from someone who's hurt you. Okay. But once you're in, you know, a safe area, uh, then it, it's a deliberate decision to say, I'm going to stop looking at that person looking for vengeance. And I'm going to look inward and see what is going on inside of me. Now, I think that means, uh, boy, what does it mean? It means taking a look at what I'm feeling. And there's been a lot of stigma, at least I've witnessed and experienced in the church for certain emotions like hatred, like uh, um, uh, rage and anger. Um, We we, we tend to want to kind of uh, just avoid those altogether is kind of my experience of that. Um, And actually, I don't think you make it to forgiveness unless you first spend some time reckoning with what are the things I'm feeling because they're there for a reason. And if you don't give them proper attention, uh, you, you won't, you won't tend to them. I talk about that a lot. You, you won't give them the proper tending that they need. And if you ignore them, they'll just hang out underneath and you'll continue to struggle with shifting your perspectives on what happened or, or moving towards releasing because there's all this unspent bitterness, hatred, and rage that needs to be understood and reckoned with because it's a guide to tell you, hey, something terrible has happened to me and I need to be away from that person. But then you gotta you gotta sort through it with probably with some help. It helps to talk it through with somebody else. W- what am I feeling and why? What caused me to feel this way? Uh, when am I learning from this experience? Because maybe your hatred has you hating that person, but then another thought has entered in with that. A thought something like I can never trust anyone again. Hmm. And if you just say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to play the part and I'm going to say I forgive you because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to say it and then I'm going to move on. But hanging out underneath the surface is this hatred and I can never trust anyone again. And then I'm all I'm looking for is the ways in which other people are about to betray me or I'm going to predict it. And then soon enough, everybody's betraying me and I'm all alone and I'm hatred, you know, I'm full of hatred, bitterness and resentment. And so the first step is to like take an open look at what you're feeling as a result of what happened. I think that's where you start. Yeah. That's a great starting place. I think part of this too, and maybe this just become, this is because of, um, I'm the spiritualist. I think you're a spiritual mm-hmm. guy, but I'm the spiritualist of the duo here. Uh-huh. I think forgiveness also, and maybe the reason we struggle with it as humans, um, is that I think, we struggle to forgive if we haven't had the experience of authentic forgiveness already. Like, mm. like forgiveness begets forgiveness, right? I, my, my heart goes back to these famous words from Jesus that says, uh, forgive others because I have forgiven you. Like uh, the, the way we I showed you how to do it. Yeah. That, what that, it feels like. If I haven't, if I haven't experienced authentic forgiveness. And and what I mean by that too is authentic relationship with someone that's not transactional, a a graceful experience where someone has, has treated me in a way where they have, they have loved me or given me favor or, or, um, yeah, treated me in relationship in some way in which I didn't deserve it. And yet it still happened. I think that experience of non-transactional relationship gives us a picture of what it might look like 
to behave in that way towards someone else. And, and I think uh, that's why it's difficult for a lot of us to to get our heads wrapped around what does it mean to really authentically to, to say to someone or in even, whether you say it to them in person or not, but to release release what we feel like we are owed because of the wrong that was done to us. Sometimes we take so so much ownership over our own pain that we it becomes so a part of us that we can't let it go, you know, and mm. we, we can't imagine a world where I could give something up without getting anything in return for it. You know, even if it's my yeah. pain, like what yeah. I want in return for my pain is someone to pay. So, so I'm, I'm hearing you saying that, you know, that there's room in, in the tent of faith, for example, for someone who is struggling with forgiving someone who's hurt them and they don't necessarily have to do that first. They could reach out and try to pursue a, a redemptive, loving relationship with someone else before they do the work of trying to forgive someone else. Are, are you saying there's room in, yeah. in the tent for that? Yeah, and I think I think specifically in, in a faith tent, I think this is one of those things that uh, a relationship with Jesus, with God, um, and that's our camp, you know, as uh, Staring Into the Sun podcast, at least this is my camp, is the, is the Jesus camp. I believe that you, a relationship with God uniquely gives us the ability to, to before we think about our relationship with anybody else. And this is, uh, I think, a really valuable exercise is, is one of the reasons why we can't get past our pain a lot of times is because we live in it all the time. And we're always thinking about how someone else has hurt me. But the moment I turn that around and think, what, what places in my life, specifically with God, am I not getting what I deserve? You know, if this whole relationship with God is true, he created us. We, we have sin in our lives, brokenness that has moved, removed us from the favor of God in some way. And yet God still, even to, when, I, when I take a real close look at my own life, I don't have to look very far to see ways that I've hurt other people. <laughs> ways that my actions have caused pain. And ultimately, as a human, ways that I am just broken and mm -hmm. dysfunctional in my attitudes and my thoughts and my actions. And yet, even still, in a relationship with God, I can experience a love that is not dictated by whether I deserve it or not. And when I experience that sort of relationship, it, it frees, I, I think it gives me a picture of forgiveness that I couldn't maybe couldn't have had fully before. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it, it like it, it in maybe psychological language, it like it, it creates or, uh, I don't know. It gives a picture to the ideal that, that mm. then can, can be incarnated in us. You know, it was incarnated in Jesus as the, as the greatest image and picture of what this is. And then in our experiencing or receiving of that, then it be, it begins to be something that can grow inside of us. When when you were saying that, I was thinking of this one of my favorite scenes from one of my favorite books, Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. I didn't know and that was you, your favorite book. Oh, uh, it's one I've of my never favorites. read it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I need to be cultured. So, I'll, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> so there, there's this moment where you know where Jean Valjean uh, has has run away. He spent a lot of time in prison for stealing, basically to you know. I think he was starving or, you know, there's some valid reason or something. It's a lot of, the book is a lot about ethics and morals, but he, he finds this way as he's running away from the police to a church that takes him in. And this, uh, this priest takes him in 
knowing he's kind of a nefarious character by the way he looks and the way he acts and just takes him in and says, you can stay tonight. Um, we'll feed you. Um, and while they're, while they're, while they're eating, he sees these silver candelabras and, uh, and the priest sees him noticing them and they go to bed and Jean Valjean in, in the middle of the night steals them and is walking out the door and the priest catches him. Mm. And the priest essentially, you know, says here, take them with, with these, I purchase your redemption, go, uh, and you know, in a sense, go and do likewise. Mm. And it's, it, it's just this beautiful picture of like undeserved, like gracious gift. Um, you need these more than me. Uh, I'm going to give this to you, even though you don't deserve it. And, and then the rest of the book is about Jean Valjean trying to live that out in a, in a broken, uh, hurting world. And I, I think your point is right on. We, a, as we enter the depths of our own pain, uh, th there's, th there's the importance of receiving that, which we need to be able to give to others. We need to receive it first. Yeah. We're doing a series right now, Living Hope, called Out of the Dark. And we talked about this very reality just this past week that darkness has a way of putting blinders on us or um, giving us tunnel vision, right? Where we, we become so focused and present with our pain that we can't see any way out, you know, mm -hmm. and the light has a way of ex like opening up our view again. And, and I, I think that's true also of forgiveness. You know, if we become so focused on our pain and we, we never stop to see anything else, a lot of times, again, like I said before, we, our pain becomes so much a part of us that it's one of those things we, we can't even imagine or fathom not having it there because it almost becomes comforting in a, in a kind of a dysfunctional way, you know, where mm -hmm. I, I, I just can't, can't get out of this view that this isn't a part of my life anymore. Yeah. And, and I, I, I read, I don't, I read it or heard it from somebody once that said, you know, uh, gratitude changes our attitude. <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought, I thought that was kind of quirky and silly, but also mm -hmm. so true. You know, maybe, maybe when we struggle with this forgiveness thing, or maybe you're listening today and you, you, like, this is poking at your heart, like so many, and you're not alone by the way. Um, mm -hmm. And you're struggling, man, with forgiveness. You're struggling even with the idea that somehow you could let someone or your honor minds will trick us into believing this. Let someone off the hook for something they did for uh, to to us or to you. Mm -hmm. And maybe the answer before you can even live in a world where forgiveness might be possible is to change your view a little bit and and think about look about look, look around you, lean into some relationships with, with people who have offered you grace, you know, who have, who have been, pre maybe it's someone who's been present in the midst of your darkness over and over and over again. And they've just been there this whole time. And you never stop to think how special that is, mm. that someone was with you and is offering mm. an extending love to you. And a lot mm. of times when we change our view, it just gets us to a place where we, we can even begin to contemplate living that mm. way towards someone else. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right on. So let me let me give some practical tips here too as it, we as we near closing. So <clears throat> I think a couple thoughts came to mind as we were talking today about forgiveness. One of the points that I've seen over and over is that for forgiveness it is a journey because you don't always know what you're forgiving. Um and and as you decide to go on the journey of I'm I'm going to choose to you know, to pursue graciousness and loving kindness and release, uh, 
you don't always know all that you're forgiving. You don't always know everything that's been taken from you or everything that's been lost or injured because you can't see everything. You know, you, you might, you might be wrestling with, you know, forgiving, you know, forgiving or releasing a father who abandoned you in childhood. And, and you don't know what all that has meant for you. Like it, it, it remains unclear until you plumb the depths of it. And then even then time will pass and new things will happen. Say you get married or you have a child and he's not there. You, you don't, you don't know all the things that have been taken from you or hurt you. And so it's definitely a journey that has new parts to it as time passes as well. So it doesn't mean you haven't tried to forgive or gone on that journey when something new comes up. It just means you might be aware of something different now, now that truth is more clear to you. So I think that's one point I would give is to be gentle with yourself on this journey. There may be new things you're not aware of. Um, uh, Another point, to hit that you had mentioned is it's not letting someone off the hook. If forgiveness means I, I agree that what you did was okay, that's not forgiveness. That's not the definition of forgiveness. Um, that, that's a different word. Um, and so uh, this is different than that. And I think three words that I found helpful to, to make forgiveness more nuanced um, that I share with patients and I want to share it with our listeners here. Um, I, I learned this from a, a radio show by a Jewish teacher named Dennis Prager. Um, and and he, he talked about these three words under the umbrella of forgiveness. So you have the word forgiveness, which is, I know you've done hurt to me, but I'm going to wipe it clean and re-engage in relationship with you as if, as we had before, as if it hadn't happened. I'm going to release it and not hold it against you. And the situations where this really makes a lot of sense is where you get a, a genuine apology that shows clear understanding of the harm that was done and observable repair efforts. So you're seeing efforts at like trying to not do the same thing in the future. Um, so, so, or you're with someone who's impaired or a child who doesn't know better. Like these are situations where you're not always going to get a full apology from a kid. You know, they don't know all the ways that they've hurt you. Um, But so those would be situations where this like slate wiping and trying to re-engage fully in relationship makes sense. The second word would be forbearance, which is like forgive, but I'm not going to forget. And, and that doesn't mean you hold it against them, but it means, okay, I haven't really gotten a clear apology or I don't really see observable repair efforts, but this is a relationship I still want to stay engaged with, but I also don't want to keep being hurt by the same thing. So I'm going to work on releasing my bitterness and resentment and anger and hatred towards you, but I'm also going to just keep a bit more distance still. I'm, I'm not going to cut off relationship, but I'm also not going to be the same closeness that I was to you. Um, and then the third one is, is release, which would be for situations where you're never getting an apology. This person might be in prison. This person might have passed away. This person, you know, you might have a cut off relationship from them for some reason. Um, whatever the case may be, you're not ever going to get an apology or repair effort whatsoever. Um, release is a lot about some of what we've talked about today, which is I'm going to deliberately determine to move away from hatred and bitterness and resentment because uh, that's simply hurting me. And I'm going to try to find a way towards um, grace and compassion and kindness. Doesn't mean I have to love the person who hurt me. And by love, I mean, think fond thoughts of them. It just means I'm going to work on releasing thoughts of hatred 
or thoughts of bitterness and resentment, those types of things. Now, my previous point, I think you got to go through those feelings to be able to get to a place where you start to work on releasing them. I think you have to reckon with them first. And then as you've reckoned with them, as they continue to come up or shade your new experiences, you want to acknowledge them and say, okay, I've decided to consistently try to work on releasing this. And so that means I'm going to acknowledge that it's a thing and then I'm going to choose to release it. And, and there's different ways of choosing to release, or, you know, and maybe you can talk on that for a few moments. Any, any spiritual practices or disciplines that you, that you would recommend to help people with that? Yeah. And, and I've touched on some, I was going to bring it up as my two points, you know, yeah. one, um, don't don't ever underestimate uh, our need for a picture of what true forgiveness looks like. You know, a lot of us begin this journey of forgiveness with a very dysfunctional and broken view of, of the thing we're trying to accomplish. And I, I think that's the role of a relationship with God or um, Jesus or you know, whatever, whatever spiritual place you're in. Um, a relationship with true extended forgiveness from God, I think is such an important and valuable part of this. And and so how do we live into that? Uh, for me, spiritual rhythms are such a huge part of me maintaining a connection with a God who loves me and, and maintaining a connection with the reminder that God uh, loves me, right? So as I, I am in the word, uh, I have contemplative time in prayer. I spend time journaling. A lot of times I'm, I write what I'm feeling down um, and then try to think about, just spend time in quiet thinking about the things that I know to be true or that I trust to be true about what God thinks about me. Um, so I, I think my orientation towards God helps me continue to have a clear picture of what, of the type of forgiveness that I'm trying to seek out in my own life. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a general orientation. Don't, if, if you're trying to journey through this forgiveness thing on your own, and Rob has kind of mentioned this, it, you, you should be a red flag. You need someone to journey with you uh, through the through forgiveness, someone to process with you, someone you trust, someone that's safe, a counselor, a pastor, uh, and a, a, you know, a significant other, wife, spouse, I don't know, neighbor down the road, someone you trust to that you can talk about. Because a lot of times part of that forgiveness journey, like Robbie was talking about releasing, um, you get to by getting it out of you. You know, there's something powerful about speaking your pain out loud or writing it down or telling it to someone else. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I, that wonderful passage in James 5.16, confess to one another and you'll be healed. And it says specifically your sins. But I, but I think there's a, a hidden truth within there about something about when we share in relationship and, and get it out of what's hidden. I think when, it, when we keep it inside, it's hidden. Like, and it's, it's something that can keep control over us. But the moment we expose it to the light, the way I like to think about it, the moment I, I let it out of the dark and I put it in the light, I can see it for what it is. I can get someone else's um, response or reaction to it. And I can see a new way around it, you know? So um, our orientation towards sharing it with someone else and with God, I think is an important yeah. part. Um, yeah. The only other thing I was going to share, Robbie, and it, uh, yeah. if we're talking about practical things, um, and I loved your three words too. We're going to put those in the show notes because I've heard it was release, forbear, forbearance, forbear, and forbearance and forgiveness. For, mm -hmm. Forbearance, forgiveness, and release. Those are so good. My, my only other, uh, encouragement to you is to remember that um, forgiveness isn't always a two person game. And I think too often we make that mistake. We think that forgiveness only works if the other, if the person that wronged us is a part of it. And there's, there's been a lot of times in my life where I have lived 
too long and the emotional outcome of evil someone did to me because I didn't reckon with it. I didn't reckon with my pain because I thought I couldn't because I thought I had to have that person. I, I confused yeah. reconciliation with forgiveness. And I think right. you, that was right, right on the nose, man. Don't don't confuse reconciliation with forgiveness because forgiveness mm-hmm. can be just something that you engage in. And it can yeah. be just for you. It doesn't necessarily yeah. – it's not you, – you know, it working isn't dependent upon someone else um, – you know, receiving it from you in any way or, or whatever that means. So, um, that, that would be something else I would offer practically. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And a few I would add, and then we'll close it out here is, uh, there, there's a loving kindness prayer, um, that I think has been generally adapted to most religious faiths as well as, um, a wonderful moment meditation, um, that talks about releasing and, um, turning the mind. And so either of those I think are, are useful points of entry too, if you're looking for like a specific practice to engage in prayerfully to help you with shifting away from hatred or resentment. Um, so just a, a variety of practical input and, and we'll, uh, as we, as we continue to put out information on social media and, and send it out to you, we'll, we'll try to con- make some of that practical stuff available to you. So be sure to, to follow us and engage with us on, uh, on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, whether it's through staring into the sun page or, uh, my page, Dr. Robert Gibson. So, uh, you will, we'll send out more information from there. So, well, it's been a beautiful time, man. Until next time, it, you listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll join us again next time. Subscribe, um, subscribe, that's subscribe. Right. That's right. Join us again <laughs> as we continue staring into the sun. Grace and peace, all. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun.